Welcome to Market Outlook, a special edition of the Wealth Experience Podcast. In these timely episodes, we provide the latest investment news and expert commentary on the markets, the economy, and investing. Brought to you by BMO Wealth Management. Hello, everyone. My name is Sylvain Brisbois, and I'm a Senior Vice President and National Sales Manager with BMO Private Wealth. Today, we'll be having a fairly short conversation with Brian Belsky, BMO's Chief Investment Strategist. Brian, welcome. Thank you for having us. Very good. So let's jump right in in the spirit of, of brevity. Uh, Brian, this is an irrational, emotion-led market, uh, and, and perhaps even society right now. I'm hoping you can give us a little bit of perspective on that, and, and I would start by asking the question, um, or, or the comment, we often hear, uh, we've seen this before, uh, or differently, we also hear this is different this time. Can you shed some light on these comments and how the media tends to have sensationalized this uh, recently? Well, I'd be very thankful to, and I'm honored to be able to be in this venue to speak with people. You know, I think uh, there's a there's a phrase out there when you have to deal with people that are irrational. It's very hard to rationalize with an irrational person. And so think of the stock market and what's happening uh, in our everyday lives as an irrational person. You can't rationalize with this. And, you know, to some degree we know uh, from past history that stocks go up too much at the end uh, of a big rally and stocks go down too much at the end of a big sell-off. We've written a lot about this in our work and talked to a lot of clients about this in our 30 years in the business. We can be very, very clear in saying we've never seen this before because it's never happened in the history of the market, meaning the amount of days, the number of days in a row, Sylvan, that we've seen at these 7, 8, 9, 10% levels with respect to being down like that. And it's scary, and because of that, there's not a template or a roadmap to go back on. So many of us in this business look to the past for perspective, uh, for a guidepost, and quite frankly, we haven't seen that. So that begs to to uh, the question and generates the question, I'm sorry, with respect to it's different this time. I think it's very dangerous uh, to say it's different this time. It's rarely different this time. Uh, I think the parallels to 2008 don't make sense. I think the parallels to 2001 don't make sense. I think many people have been increasing their parallels to the 1930s. I think it's very simple of what's going on here. I don't think there's a template. I don't think there's a magic button to push to make this go away. The only thing that's going to make this go away, and let's go back to the original sentence that you said, for people to stop being irrational is we need to see a second derivative move in news on coronavirus. What does that mean? We need to see less negative news on coronavirus. We become more rational, and then we start to let the markets and society work the way that they should work. Okay, well, that's an interesting um segue, I was going to say, as I listen to you and, and differences this time, that some of this will hinge perhaps on science, uh, therapeutics, and vaccines, and some will, as we've seen it before, before uh, hinge on fiscal policy. Uh, on the fiscal front, uh, in terms of the fiscal response, the governments are, are stepping in here. Uh, how big does this fiscal uh, response need to be, and, and, uh, and, and uh, can, can big be not big enough? 
it's a great way to put it big uh, because we don't know how big it is. Again, you, you think about uh, and try to put it in perspective how long this is going to take, and, and it seems like everybody wants to be an armchair epidemiologist, which is now my new favorite word, uh, or a doctor. Nobody knows how long this is going to take. You have to apply a little bit more common sense. So in terms of how big this could be, again, from my personal standpoint, monetary policy, fiscal policy is not going to fix this. It's certainly going to put in a bit of a bottom or a fail-safe, for instance, putting programs into place, whether or not it's testing kits or mobile hospitals. But those are short-term kind of, of fits, uh, fixes. So whether or not all of that is going to help, yes, it's going to help. The answer is yes, it's going to help. Is it going to end the bad news? It's not. And so that's why it has to go back to we have to start to see markets become and people become more rational through this. And I only think that happens when we start seeing less bad news. But clearly the policies that are being put in place in both Canada and the United States uh, are very positive and will help stem the crisis. Very good. And, and uh, as we use the word rational and irrational, we hear a lot of, uh, of clients or, or folks on the media speak that uh, this could take five years, it could take ten years uh, to bring us back to the recent peaks in the market. Do you, do you buy that, that time frame? No, I It's a great – thank you so much for asking that. And it's – no, I don't buy that. I mean, I talk to I, – I love at this point to reach out to my Rolodex and and visit and visit with clients I've known for 30 years that have been in the business 40, 50 years and that ty that type of time frame. And I spoke to a uh, now retired portfolio manager, and he said, Brian, he said, remember, markets go up like an elevator. Uh, I'm sorry, markets go down like an elevator, but up like an escalator. And so I thought about that, and I spoke to him, and I said, that may be, however, I would caution people to, again, think like the normal template. It's not different this time. However, if we as an investment base and in the market acted irrationally on the downside, I think we're going to have similar type of moves on the upside. There's nothing that says we cannot have 7, 8, 9, 10, 15% up days just like we did down days, principally because I firmly believe still then that we in Canada and the United States have the best companies in the world, period. There's going to be a couple other companies out there, but the majority of the greatest companies in the world are right here under our noses. And I believe these best companies in the world are going to help fix this. They're going to come to solutions. We're going to work together on this, and we're going to come out of this in a very, very good light. Thank you for those uh, comforting uh, statements. I'm sure a lot of people will appreciate that. Um, at the risk of, of sounding uh, like a market timing question, this is not meant to be, but in your work with your team, are there things that you need to, to see in the economy or in the market to convince that we are at or close to a bottom? Well, we always caution against market timing, and we've gone back through different periods in history, and if you think you're really – really awesome, great investor, and you sell at the top and buy at the bottom, uh, you only outperform the market by less than 2% over the long term. So what does that mean? If you miss the five best days and miss the five five worst days, you still you still actually 
um, you know, under you still you only outperform the market by a little bit. So again, what does that mean? Be invested. Be invested. Stick with your process and your discipline around what works for you. Um, and that's the key thing. These companies are not going away that 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 have been around the stalemates of the, the, the stalwarts, I'm sorry, uh, of Canada and the United States. And so to try to time something, I think it's really difficult. Of course, every individual's um, risk tolerances are different, but that, this is why we have to have conversations. And, and by the way, um, I said this in a report recently, we're in this together, investment professionals and clients. None of us has been through this, have been through this before. That's why it's so important to have communication and the lines open and be there for each other. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. And I'll end with one more question um, and a comment, and, and I kind of grimace as I say this because I think I know what your, your response is going to be, but um, is, is a recession inevitable? And, and, and if, if you come to that conclusion, could we be talking about a depression here? That's, that's something that, that big D word has come up a few times. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I think the D word has come up sometimes because people want to make that big call. And, uh, you know, to, to be fair, um, this is a culture, especially in the United States, uh, that has really been driven by fear since 9-11. Uh, it, to be fearful was proven correct in the investment side in 2008-2009. And for all intents and purposes, the big 10-year bull or 11-year bull market that we experienced in the United States was dotted all the way up. Uh, and it was because of, I think, from the secular structural fear that's led, led, led um, investment decisions. So are we going in the Great Depression? I think, listen, if you go back and actually do the work and you look at 1934, 35, I'm sorry, 33, 34, 35, in terms of GDP, annualized GDP in the United States, we saw double-digit decreases on an annual basis. And there's a lot of people coming out saying, saying that right now, I simply believe that that would be very, very difficult to occur. Now, so man, I have to be very honest with you, when the stock market's down from peak to peak to trough, 30% of which there were indices, certainly in Canada we saw that, and a couple of indices in the United States down more than 30%, the template, the rule book, the textbook says we're having a recession. Now, here's the important thing about that. If the stock market is already telling you we're going to have a recession, it, sometimes it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy, but this is very important, okay? The correlation, meaning the relationship between stocks and earnings and stocks and GDP, has, has, it's not a good relationship, meaning, meaning you can't, they're not, they don't foretell each other, especially in the earnings and, and price performance standpoint. Again, Brian, what does this mean? It means that if the stock market's already telling you we're in a recession, the stock market is positioning for recession. It's already saying that there's going to be a recession. So but now you have to start to prepare for how do stocks work coming out of this. And there's several periods in history that stocks do very well coming out of a recession and coming out of a period where earnings are going to be negative. There's no doubt, Sylvan, that over the next quarter or two, earnings are going to be depressed. But it's already been, we believe, much of it's already been uh, highlighted in the stock market performance. And, oh, by the way, what we believe is the irrational performance of stocks the last several weeks. That's right. It, it, it's probably priced in. And, and I think in the past that uh, you've seen stock market actually start coming up while the, econ while the economy is still in the recession as it's a forward-looking uh, forward forecasting. 
Very good. And so, um, all right, uh, Brian, as always, it's uh, great to have your insight, words of wisdom. You've been a wonderful partner here for advisors and uh, and our valued clients. We appreciate your time. I know you're uh, you're in big demand on TV and, and uh, reports that you're writing. The, the volume that your team puts out is absolutely fantastic for us. And staying connected uh, with you uh, was is going to be our top priority. So please, uh, to our clients on the line, please don't hesitate to ask questions and share your thoughts with your advisor in these difficult times, uh, because times like these, uh, the more we communicate, the better the outcome will be. Above all, we'll wish you a wonderful, safe next few weeks. Take good care of, of yourselves and each other, and thank you for your time. Market Outlook has been brought to you by BMO Wealth Management. Until next time, enjoy your wealth experience.